Hello and welcome to the Club Soda podcast. My name is Vinny and your name is... I'm Laura. I'm the co-founder of Club Soda and welcome. Club Soda, what do they do? We're a mindful drinking movement. We help you change your habits around drinking, whether it's to cut down, stop for a bit or quit. Something that some of you may be thinking a little bit uh, about now <laughs> when you're stuck at home. Oh my God, these are things we never expected. So we should probably address the elephant. By elephant, I mean the one that is taking The virus in the room. The entire room and squashing me into a small corner so I can barely see anything else. One elephant that seems to have just farted. This analogy is not going very well, is it, Vinny? I'm enjoying it. <laughs> right. Hello, Laura. What's going on? I, I mean, we all know what's going on. What's going on with Club Soda? Well, like many people, uh, we're working at home. It's a very uncertain time for us as a business as well. And most importantly, you know, we've got a community of 50,000 members who we're trying to keep an eye on and keep safe and keep to their goals. I guess what lots of people are worried about right now is that they've got a good um, length of time alcohol-free under their belt or they've been working really well at moderating drinking. And what we all know is that when we are in uncertain times, when there are things beyond our control when our normal routines are disrupted, when we're emotional and scared, then um, alcohol definitely begins to shout at you from the corner of the room and is a very easy thing to want to numb lots of very big feelings with. And so we're getting a great sense amongst members of the community that there's a lot of anxiety about that and and worry about drinking at home. Uh, You might have seen on your social media the number of people who are stockpiling alcohol as well as toilet rolls. And, you know, that's also a little bit triggery. Mm. I've uh, deliberately taken a break from social media and it feels good. Although I haven't haven't had the power to take a break from news. I'm still slightly obsessed with that. But I've cut down to half an hour a day. Yeah, I've I've had to cut down the news because it just keeps spiralling me into anxiety. So being able to have a good couple of hours where I'm not engaging with the news, trying to concentrate on something else is really important. I last night just watched a completely irrelevant piece of trash TV and it felt absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Race across the world. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things you can do if you're worried about drinking at home. And I I am aware that for some people, the circumstances are even more strained if you've got children at home or if you've got a partner who drinks. And of course, again, they are somebody whose behavior you can't control, but their behavior may also trigger you. So there's a couple of things. One is, is that you've already had a goal around changing your drinking. That shouldn't change. And in fact, this is a time to stress test that goal in, in large part. So um, your life is slightly not where you'd planned it to be. So it might be worth um, making a short term sort of a mind map of where you hope your life will be in three months time when all of this craziness is over. Is there something that you've always wanted to do, which this may give you a bit of time to do? Are there some personal development things you've wanted to work on? My aim is to get arms like Kelly Holmes, right? That's my aim for the end of this period. So are there some things that, that the vision of you coming out of this that you'd like to see because that's a really strong powerful image to keep hold of because it's very easy to get caught up in the drama of the moment but what you're saying is okay this is happening this is happening to me there's lots of drama but I'm going to come out um, and this is going to be the person that comes out of that this is going to be me there's empowerment there I suppose because if you can get through this part sticking to your goals or indeed making new goals and sticking to them 
then you've done really well. Yeah, and also you you might have already had that vision of you in your mind that was keeping you on track already, but now you've you've been delivered a curveball, so you might need to re reevaluate that and just make a plan for the next three or four months or even the next 12 months. The other is, is to get some routine into your day because the minute you begin to feel like you're bored or that you're out of sync with what you normally do, then that's a time when you will then go and, and, and try and get a, a drink or fall back on those old familiar habits. So, you know, make sure you're getting up at the right time, making sure that you're adding some exercise into your day. In fact, this is really important if you're stuck at home a lot anyway, to be able to add some exercise in. Having conversations with friends. So I have a virtual swim club. We're talking at nine o'clock every morning. There's a big group of us. Some of us are on the call, some of us aren't, but it means I've got to check in with some people. This is a swim club that in reality used to be an actual swim club. It's now now, gone virtual. It's now a virtual swim club. We don't meet in our swimming costume on on video. Shame, I was about to tune in. Uh, But you know, there, there, there are a lot of platforms available even if you actually just pick up a phone I think I've spoken to my brothers more in the last week than I have in a very long time because they've clearly um, sensed that I need some support and I'm, I'm actually very touched because it was always me looking after them nice, so, nice. so that's been really lovely um, and also if you've got kids at home some routine for them is really important because you're going to need to get them to sit down and study and try and at least use some of this time and keep their mind off of things as well So outside of that world where a lot of people do turn to booze is the leisure time when the kids are in bed and then there's, there's a bit of self-congratulation in the evening. What would you suggest doing at that time? Exactly what you were doing before, right? Find a new drink, you know, keep that, keep the occasion. You know, um, I, my cupboards are absolutely full of alcohol-free drinks right now. So I know that in the evening I can sit down, I can have a drink I really like, still have that social moment with my partner. Um, they may well be drinking, but I don't have to. Mm. And it's a drink that I'm looking forward to during the day because it's something that I've bought that I've liked. The online alcohol-free shop are still available for you to order from which is really important because the supermarkets you know you're not the priority right now the the elderly are but those shops are very different so you know wise bartender has got a discount code um club soda vip will give you a discount um how much um it's a five percent discount every little helps yeah and then um i'm actually going to do a little bit of asking of restaurants are now doing home delivery to see if they will also deliver alcohol free with that delivery hmm. so you know places like honest burger you know always had lucky saint in um and so if they they're delivering food they could deliver you your alcohol free drink at the same time uh, so that you don't have to rely on the supermarket um the other is, is you can get making some of your own so maybe having a go at making some kombuchas and some switchels and and some other things and always having a really nice cordial in because that's something that you can lengthen with a with fizzy water or with tap water but make for a very long drink and deal with what might be some sweet cravings you have if you're not drinking anymore so do try and st- you know and stick it in a wine glass stick it in a pint glass whatever makes you feel happy and um, that's great the other is is you could look up Camille's website La Maison Wellness and look at the cocktails that she's doing on her site all of the ingredients are available online to order and so you could become that alcohol free cocktail whiz and impress all your friends at the end of this three months so again those things were important to you before they're still important now they haven't gone away hmm. on a personal level you a lot of people listening to this will think that Laura you are a bit of a machine because it sounds like it's another day for you but you give us a bit of what's going on in your head well I've actually I mean what's really interesting for me and what I've realized is 
prior to this crisis, I was already overtired and overworking. One thing I've realized about overworking is it makes you as big, big a dick as when you were drinking in large part because yeah. you're overtired, you're not able to concentrate, huh. you're angry with people and you make wrong decisions. Um, so I'd already come to the conclusion that I needed to do something about my overworking so that I was becoming a nicer person. And then since this crisis, what I've realized is that my resilience is very low because of the overworking and I was so tired. And mm. so I've actually had a week where I felt very weepy and very upset and really angry and have been stomping around. Um, and so, so, and that's important to, to focus on because if I was drinking now, my resilience would be as low as it was at the, you know, would also be low. Yeah. And so I've realized that, you know, uh, my mind hasn't switched to drinking, but what I've still had to do is not um, take up so much work. And I'm using some of this time to create a bit of space for myself to take some time and, and build up my resilience again. Mm. So what uh, what drinking will do during times like this is completely weaken your resolve, make you incredibly emotional, make you overtired so that you don't deal well with some of the situations that may come your way and the fact that you're going to be stuck in a space with your kids and your partner and all of those things or even um, stuck on your own a lot more you know we've got lots of club soda members who live on their own so whilst you think in the moment it will relieve something it will stop you thinking about the situation it will it will give you an escape what you need right now is to be your strongest self and that is to um, get enough sleep and to be in a good frame of mind to make decisions and be um, energetic enough to have conversations with people and pick up that um, video call and be able to speak to people mm. and keep connecting with other people and sharing collectively our woes which is far more important than sitting on your own in your pants drinking wine mm. being able to as we've been doing sitting here and talking about the fact that it's all a little bit shit but you know we're going to try and make the best of this mm. um but you know but you it, did it, allow it, yourself time there to feel rubbish to weep yeah. and you're to... allowed to be angry you're allowed to be upset you're allowed to think the government aren't making the right decisions you're allowed to think this is all unfair um and and allow yourself those emotions allow a bit of wallowing yeah. wallowing isn't bad there's a really good book um it's either the joy of wallowing or the art of wallowing i can't remember but i've really enjoyed reading that because I used to think that having these feelings was wrong and negative and I have to move yeah. into happy phase yeah. but actually giving yourself some time to sit with your feelings and allow yourself to feel upset allow yourself to feel hard done by because we're all going to be um, you know affected in all sorts of different ways by this so you're allowed to feel that way but and giving your space to do that will make you more resilient and stronger for your, your friends and we've got a little bit on um, later in this program about um, mindfulness and the role that mindfulness can play in building resilience. So write that down. It's okay to not be okay. Look at it occasionally when you're feeling rubbish and think, actually, no, it's okay. I allowed myself this time to do that. So when you feel really bad and you think, oh, I should pull myself together, whop out that bit of paper and remind yourself that actually yeah. it's all right. And it's really important because lots of people will be writing articles now about how to make the best out of being indoors and and um, uh, being you know in lockdown and how to make the best out of this and goals to set yourself. But yeah. in amongst it all, we have to recognise that this is very uncertain, very scary, no nothing's been um, like this before and it's totally outside of our control so uh, allowing yourself some time for that is really important too. thank you that actually made me feel a bit better 
So what else have we got um, that would be helpful for you? We we do regular localised socials in Club Soda. So we're just moving those online. So we're beginning to, Club Soda members from across the country are beginning to put on um, um, online socials. We've got space for 11 people and the organiser to be in an online room and an online platform that we've been using for a while. So you can get together. Is that together. via Zoom? No, we use Whereby because it's a little bit easier to use if you're not so tech savvy. Oh. Um, and is actually really nice. Um, and we've got our own rooms in there. So somebody local to you will be running them um, in the area, which means that when all of this has passed, you would have met you know, already face-to-face some people who don't live too far from you. So when all of this is over, you can all meet again in real life. So that's why we've tried to regionalise them. But we'll also have a global Friday drinks um, online and we'll also be doing some other stuff with some of our event partners because, of course, we're not the only people who organise sober events and workshops. And so we're talking to all of those people too. So keep an eye on the Club Soda events page so that you can see what online events are coming up near you. Cool. And I suppose it's fair to say that all the summer events that was planned that were planned are cancelled for now yeah no festivals this year folks yeah okay to be expected all right well what else have we got coming up on this podcast now the misery is clearing a little and i'm starting to feel a bit perkier tell me what we're in store for so in this podcast, we have got uh, a few interviews for you. One with um, Niraj, who is somebody I admire and love, who um, is very practical um, about how you can begin to practice mindfulness in a way to build your own resilience. He did a lovely interview with Drew, and we've got some more of those coming over the next few months too. So um, that interview is there. Then Drew will talk a little bit about our courses. We're going to be doing an offer for our online courses. We've just actually relaunched them this week. Um, our courses were built with funding from the Wellcome Trust, which is one of the biggest health foundations in the world, to help us work out what people find more use, most useful. So we have um, a great new month-long course for mindful drinkers, people who are moderating, and one for people going alcohol-free. We've just actually adjusted that course to have a little bit more emphasis on challenges um, when you're at home, as opposed to the triggers you might have when you go out on a Friday night, because we're fully aware that that's not going to happen quite a lot for people right now but if now your goal might be to change your drinking habits or you think you need a little bit of support over the next month to make sure you stay on track then there'd be a special offer for our courses and Drew is talking about those I have to say he did do that interview before all of this broke so I'm hoping it still sounds um chippy and relevant but it might be a a little lighter than it was going to be yeah well um you'll be able to accept that as it is Mm. and then we've actually got interviews with three drinks brands that we um really like one is drinks. You might have heard of them. They do smashed hops and smashed lemon and smashed apples. And we're on Dragon's Den just a few weeks ago. They got investment. Um, so you'll hear a bit, a bit more about why they set up um, their brand. Then we speak to Sensor Spirits, who do a botanical spirit with lots of functional ingredients. When I talk about functional ingredients, I talk about lots of herbs um, and things like that that create a feeling. They've got um, several um, spirits, one called love and one called joy. And I can't remember what the last one is, but I know that Vanessa tells us in that bit of audio. And then finally, we've got an interview with Wildlife who um, do an alcohol-free wine with added botanicals, so bubbles with benefits. They are based in Cornwall. So these are three UK small producers, all who are available online to order. So if you want a special treat or try something new, then you'll be able to order those from Wise Bartender as well. So um, those interviews are there for you too. Excellent. Thanks, Laura. If you want links to everything we've talked about, go to joinclubsoda.com. 
now we have Mind Unlocked, talking to you about mindfulness when right now, actually, it's really useful bit of practice to do. Not to have to sit on a, on a cushion for hours on end, but just to be able to do more about paying attention to how you feel at a certain point in time. Hi, so this is uh, Drew from Club Soda, and I am really thrilled to be joined by Niraj from Mind Unlocked. Hi. Hi, Drew. Pleasure to be here. Hi. Thanks for coming. Um, so uh, you're a you're a friend of Club Sodas, and um, I wonder, could you just start by introducing yourself? Tell us a bit about you and a bit about Mind Unlocked. Of course, friend stroke fanboy. Uh, <laughs> nice. I, I, I love this scene. I'm sure we'll talk about mm-hmm. it a little bit more. So yeah, M- Mind Unlocked is a online platform that really takes a very research-led and practical approach to mental well-being and mindset for designed for very busy urban folks like mm-hmm. mo- like like most of the folks that we know and in terms of how I came about to do this the short version of the story is that pretty much 10 years ago at the age of 30 out of nowhere I had a full-blown stroke wow. very yeah, very severe brain injury I, I've been hugely lucky in that I was able to make a recovery mm-hmm. and I did um, I uh, that took an interest in health and well-being a mild interest I'd say into an absolute obsession about well-being, vitality, brain function, really driven by fear because I was so scared that something like that might happen again because there was no cause really found. But the good news is I made a recovery and Mm -hmm. I was in the process of starting my first business when it happened anyway. Um, I tried to do stuff in health and technology because those were the things I was interested in. Spectacularly failed at that, um, turned to property out of desperation. That worked. So that was my first business, started eight years ago. Um, I founded another one since then. And then a few years ago, I decided to look at the whole well-being space again. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a, a series of exploration around that that led to me uh, starting Mind Unlocked, uh, which we, uh, well, I keep saying we, I started as a side project a c- couple of years ago and built a lot of traction on it and realized there's something here and then came together with my co-founder, Jessica Warren, about a year ago. Um, and since then, we've been really building out as a, as a digital platform so that we can reach more people around mm-hmm. the world. So, so tell us for somebody who is visiting Mind Unlocked for the first time, mm-hmm. um, potentially some of the listeners to this podcast. What are they going to experience when they find you? I think they'll they'll see a very clear message, which is going to be appealing to some and off-putting to others, uh, because I th- I'm pretty sure that the first thing on our website says no crystals, no mumbo jumbo, mm-hmm. just uh, practical, just practical tools and the science behind them. Uh, what what they'll what they'll find as it is today, um, we've developed a groundbreaking online meditation course. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is really something designed for people who want to work out what their personal practice should be. It's we, we find a lot of folks who come to us come after they've been meditating with an app or or been to a few meditation classes, um, and then we're doing increasing work in digital balance. The idea of our relationship with technology, mm-hmm. which is my favourite subject. Um, and they'll also find a lot of free stuff on there, some really yep. good blogs around, you know, exploring the research around meditative practice, exploring yeah. some of the practical things that we can do. And I think that's really important to us to have this free layer. And then the other thing I'd say, that's what's there today. But how we're going to grow this is we're going to start bringing lots of other voices in, uh, specialists in their field, um, all 
all to do with mental well-being, but with this filter of being research-led and practical, or almost like sifting the stuff so that busy folks don't have to. And our, our audience is a bit like me. They're a little bit sceptical, so we're mm -hmm. always digging under the surface. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense and, and super interesting. So I want to really kind of dive into this issue around meditation. Um, Club Soda, we describe ourselves as a mindful drinking movement. Um, and in the broadest sense, we're kind of applying some principles from mindfulness around paying attention and acting with intention and kind of bringing that to thinking about how people can become aware of their drinking and the impact it has on them and the world around them and then start to um, change from that kind of place. Um, and one of the questions that we often get asked because we run courses on mindful drinking, are you going to teach me to meditate? It seems like in our culture, we've really kind of hardwired a connection between mindfulness and meditation, almost as if they're synonymous. Um, and I wondered what your take on that was and how you think mindfulness and mindfulness practice and meditation and meditation practice actually kind of really practically fit together to help people kind of un unpack that relationship? Yeah, this this is a really good question. They're, they're used as synonymous terms, I, I think, a lot by the media when they're not. Uh, but they are closely related. So, so the best way to define this, that the mindfulness piece, um, I think if you ask five different mindfulness teachers, what, what's mindfulness, you'll get five different answers. We really like John Kabat-Zinn's definition. And jo John Kabat-Zinn is like the modern father of Western mm -hmm. mindfulness. And his is mindfulness is paying attention in the present moment on purpose without judgment. It's nice yeah. and simple. I, I like to, th there's a really simple way because it's become this trendy buzzword, which has almost lost its meaning. I like to think of it as what's the opposite of mindfulness? It's mindlessness. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing things without paying attention or, or, or without intention, then it becomes mindless. And yeah. that's, that's I, th I think our habits around alcohol can fall into yeah. that, yeah. And, which was certainly the case for me. And I think mm -hmm. for most, uh, you know, most people, because we, we fall into a relationship yeah, yeah. without thinking about it. Yeah, so that's, absolutely. that's mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Meditation is a type of mindfulness quite often. So it's a subset. That's that's the relationship where it's something done intentionally, typically for a period of time, typically sitting or lying down where we focus inwards, mm -hmm. where, where we turn our attention inwards for a period of time. And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm being, you know, if that sounds a little bit vague, I, I am being a little bit vague because meditation is an umbrella term mm -hmm. for lots of different practices. It's not this singular thing, the way yeah. that we talk about it. So I'd say... The relationship between the two is that mindfulness is something we can do informally in our everyday lives. And honestly, it just means paying attention. And mm. the reason it's come to the fore is because we now live in a world that's so filled with distraction. Yeah. It, in a way, it wasn't 15 years ago. Um, so we have to be more vigilant to pay attention. Otherwise, our attention is stolen by technology or, or whatever else is going on or, or just our very busy lives. Meditative practice, if we have regular meditative practice that will help us to access being mindful or being aware mm -hmm. more easily more regularly and we're, we're of course we're, we're more aware so that's the relationship does that yeah. make sense yeah it makes perfect sense so one of the one of the puzzles that people have about this phrase mindful drinking is of course that um alcohol as a substance actively diminishes our ability to pay attention. It's super interesting that you talk about mindlessness. I know that my own um, relationship with alcohol was largely absent-minded and almost entirely opportunistic. You know, if there was if there was something to drink, 
I drink it and I'd really pay no attention to the consequence at all. So for me, some of the business about becoming a mindful drinker has actually just been about paying attention to the role that alcohol is in my life and how it affects me and then deciding really consciously when I want to include it and when I don't. Um, in terms of meditation practice, um, I'm not very good at sitting still. I like to tell myself that I'm into meditative walking. I'm not sure whether that's really a thing, but but if if somebody's kind of embarking on this journey on, around mindful drinking, um, what do you think the benefits would be of developing a kind of a more regular meditation practice, and what might that look like for somebody who's just starting out? Sure. So so it's really important to point out as as we have, but I think to repeat, they're two different mm -hmm. things. Um, where meditation could fit in, I think. Look, m most people. The vast majority of people will come to meditation, myself included, because something's gone wrong in their life and they're looking to solve a problem, mm -hmm. typically around stress, anxiety, insomnia. Um, I think it's really important to point out that me meditation uh, or cultivating meditation, learning how to meditate is not appropriate for serious mental health conditions. It's mm -hmm. really important to point that out. Yeah. Um, if it's administered by a clinician who's trained in those things, then it can be super helpful. But I'm talking about generic meditation that we might yeah. find on an app or we might find in a class, like for PTSD or chronic chronic anxiety or cl you know, clinically diagnosed things. Mm -hmm. It's it's not necessarily a good thing. It's a, it's a bit akin to somebody who's injured hitting the treadmill before dealing with the injury. Yeah. Um, going back to how meditation can help with mindful drinking, I think most meditative practices, especially those that are based in mindfulness, which will be most things that most people in the West come across, they just help us become more aware of our thoughts. It helps us become more aware of the separation from our thoughts. Um, it helps us to start cultivating this idea that be between a stimulus and a response, mm -hmm. there's a space that we get a choice. Yeah. So what we're doing, and, and, and you know, th this sounds a bit esoteric, but there's been enough really good robust studies to show that you know using brain scanning technology fmris that when we when people start meditating they actually start changing the physical structure of their brains yeah so they start strengthening their ability to focus as shown by how those areas are responding and they start strengthening their mental resilience so what what it means is a couple of things one is we can pay more attention more easily and the other is when we do get distracted or, or get you know you know sort of start to be led down a path that for, from a sort of alcohol point of view which might be hang on you know i'm about to go with a social occasion because everybody else is drinking it gives us that ability to take a step back from what's going on and make a choice is this what i want to do and if it mm -hmm. is then that's great you know no judgment on that but i think you know part, part of the problem and for, again speaking from a personal point of view was that i used to drink for the sake of it, without thinking about, is is this really making me happy? Yeah. Whereas now I drink with intention, and, mm -hmm. I, and I do do still drink alcohol, but the yeah. way I drink it is very different to how yeah. I, a few years ago. We'll hear more in the next couple of episodes from Mind Unlocked. Are you finding your emotions are a bit all over the place right now? Yeah, definitely. Yesterday I was riding my bicycle into work, and uh, the streets were pretty empty, as you'd expect. But there was one man in a Lamborghini, bright yellow, revving erratically at the traffic lights. And then he wheel span off. Now, on a normal day, I'd think, prick, small penis, whatever. 
He's just one of those people. Yesterday, um, I wanted to kill him. And I thought, right, that's not necessarily him. I mean, it is partly him, but there's a lot going on upstairs with me. So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, you know, um, we waited in for a delivery driver and I was angry when he wasn't on time. Then I realised, well, I wasn't going anywhere. I was in anyway. And look, things are really different right now. There's all sorts of things that aren't going right for everybody. You know, even today I was late because, you know, suddenly they've, they've changed the service on the tube. And so I just had to stop myself and go, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he was uh, didn't come on time. It doesn't matter that I had to wait a bit longer and I was going to be a bit late. We all we all need to be a little bit more understanding and accepting of the fact that that things aren't quite going to plan at the minute, and we'll not we'll not be able to control some of that. Absolutely. I have to say, if you hear a helicopter, it's because our office is actually based in the grounds of East London Hospital and the air ambulance is coming in an awful lot right now. And so every time it comes in, we really look at each other with this sad look. (laughs) So, um, you know, for whatever we feel, whatever your emotions are right now, at least you're not in that helicopter. It is worth pointing out that what the hell does it matter about a revving Lamborghini or a late delivery driver or any of in the grand things. scheme thing at the moment. Just about, I think the other thing is, is the most important thing that's coming to focus is the people in your life. Suddenly, I'm reaching out to people that I haven't spoken to in quite a long time to check they're all right, and I'm finding it happening back to me, which is lovely. And um, as a result of that, I feel quite warm and fluffy about people. However, the flip side of it is I'm spending a lot of time with certain people and so I need to be a bit more patient um, because, you know, we could all end up uh, having massive arguments. I did notice that the divorce rate in China went up recently. (laughs) Well, anyway, I mean, it's, um, yeah, being able to be a little bit patient, a little bit more understanding is is a really good thing. And I also feel, um, I've also recognised that being able to control my own emotional landscape makes it better for other people when I connect with them Mm. as well. So look after yourself um, as well as other people. Beautiful. What's up next? Uh, So we're going to tell you a little bit more about our courses. So um, if you need a little bit of help now while you're changing your drinking habits or trying to stick to your goal, this is what you can expect from our courses. Club Soda has just launched some new courses. You'll know that over the last few years, we've been running Sober Sprint and Mindful Drinking. They still exist as names, but underneath it all is some brand new, spanking, amazing material and um, a new way for us to deliver that to you. And all of that has been written by Drew, who's another part of Club Soda that you don't hear from so often, who wrote the book um, and has then written all of our courses. And so I'm going to ask him a little bit more about those and and how we've come to build something so new and shiny and also so you can hear him because I don't let him out that often. No, you don't. I I get locked away in a cupboard most of the time reading research reports and writing words. You can see the division of labour here. I get to do all the talking and and Drew does all the writing. Um, But that's actually very important for Club Soda because putting all of our learning into practice is what we aim to do. So tell us, what was the background and genesis of us wanting to to really start from afresh again? Well, um, so one of the things which happened last year, which was really exciting, is that we got some funding from the Wellcome Trust. Now, the Wellcome Trust are an amazing, internationally renowned organisation that fund research into science and healthcare. Um, and they were having a little experiment to see what little organisations like ours could do with some research funding. Um, and we we're very lucky to have got that money. And we put it to good use in a couple of ways. One is that we um, spent some time talking to our members and hearing people's stories of how it is that they changed their drinking and what it is about Club Soda that had really helped them. 
And then the other thing that we did with that is that we put some um, effort into thinking about the design and structure of courses and working out how we could build courses that are going to bring together the best of what Club Soda is really good at, um, together with the best of behavior change science, so that we can deliver something which is going to give people the best possible start if they're beginning to think about how they want to change their drinking in whatever way works for them. And so this works whether you are looking to moderate or go alcohol free. Are they different courses? What's what's the what's what how's it work? Okay, so we've got two courses. Um, we've got a course called Becoming a Mindful Drinker and we've got a course called The Sober Sprint because, you know, it's such a good name, we might as well just recycle it. The thing to know about both of the courses is that they could lead you towards moderating your drinking or they could lead you towards being alcohol-free. Both courses are really designed to help you pay attention to your drinking, to you know the stories that you tell yourself about drinking, to what your motivations are for change. And then we'll take you through a process of understanding the kind of life that you want to live and the role that you want alcohol to play in it, and then to start planning for that. Um, and to be honest, you could go through either course and you could come out deciding that you're going to be alcohol free or that you're going to moderate in some way or that you're going to experiment for a while and work out something which works for you. All of those are things that either course is going to equip you to do. The key decision when you're choosing a course, either becoming a mindful drinker or sober sprint is, is it going to help me right now to take a month off? And for some people, actually, that break from drinking just gives you some space where you're not thinking about alcohol all the time, where you can take the time to step away from your behaviours, where you can just kind of refresh and review where you are and plan um, so that when you come to the end of the month, you decide whether you want to carry on being alcohol free or whether you want to start moderating. But that month break can be a really helpful thing for some people. I think thinking back to when I gave up drinking, I mean, that sounds great, but I, w I want to be fixed now. Mm -hmm. Why Why is that not possible? Why can't, why Why do I have to do a month? Why do I have to look at this stuff? Why are you being so wishy-washy, Drew, and telling me that it's about me thinking about my um, attention and intention? Why, fix me! Uh, well, would it were that simple? I think if... Um, yeah, you know, that's that's the, that's the kind of thing which everyone kind of looks for is the quick fix. But I guess the thing to remember is that our behavior around alcohol, our habits, our, the kind of things that we think, the situations that we've got into, none of that happened overnight, right? There's There's been a buildup of different things which get us to the point where we go, oh, I've had enough, I need to do something about that. And at the point that we start that, we, we really are at the beginning of, beginning of a journey of starting to unpick that stuff so that we can think differently, so that we can act differently. It would be amazing if... Um, there was an overnight quick fix which is going to sort everything out. But it's just not the reality of how we got to where we are. Yeah. So, so the course is really designed to start people's journey, to put in the foundations, whether you do the Sober Sprint or the Mindful Drinking course, both, both courses are designed to really give you the very foundational tools that you need to work out how it is that you want to change your drinking. That's a really important decision for people, actually. Um, and... 
uh, and something that people get very stuck on. Like, should, can I try and moderate? Is it going to work for me? Should I should I cut out alcohol altogether? People can get very caught up in that. The course encourages you to try doing activities alcohol-free and see if it works for you. It encourages you to think about whether moderation might work for you. You know, we've kind of opened that both things are good solutions to the problem. But the course is really designed to help you make the best possible start. Um, whether you decide that you want a month off alcohol-free to go through that process or whether you want to um, continue to change your drinking and, and taper it over time or whatever it is that you want to do. But that that's kind of less important at some level than either course is going to prepare you and set some really good foundations for whatever's next for you. And I think that's quite important because what our research showed us was is that um, changing your drinking isn't a linear process, mm -hmm. but every time you take action, you learn more about your habits and yeah. how you might go about changing yeah. them. And you, you build your resilience and your self-efficacy, really, yeah. towards being able to change. And so in Club Soda, we never want you to try, fail, disappear. We want you to try, learn, continue to try something else mm -hmm. and continue engaging. Yeah. And for me, that's really important because ultimately that's the key to long-term success. And yes, it's not an instant quick fix, but what it will do is um, set you up for the long-term to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so there are some habits that we encourage people to form during both courses. Um, so one of them is a daily reflection. So we introduce some some very simple questions that you can ask about any situation that you've drunk successfully in or not or you know you can learn a lot from the stuff which has gone really badly wrong as well as the stuff that's gone well so we introduce some really simple questions that you can ask yourself and over the course of the month you actually build up this really rich detailed picture of the situations where you can drink um in the way that you want to or you know situations where you you come to an awareness that it's going to go wrong for me you know the kinds of people that you might interact with or the times of day or whether there are kind of particular drinks or activities which are really problematic for you by the end of the course you will have the most amazing bank of knowledge kind of understanding yourself and understanding what is really going to work for you and what isn't the thing that's I guess important when it comes to um, planning to change your drinking is that there is no one way to do it. It's very much based on the kind of life that you want to live and the kind of role that you want alcohol to play into it and then working out what's really going to work for you. And the whole point of the course is so that when you finish it at the end of the month, you, you'll, you'll leave it with a mindful drinking plan that you are able to put into action. So however it is that you want alcohol to, to fit in your life, whether you want to go alcohol-free or you, whether you want to moderate in some kind of way, you'll know exactly what you need to do when you leave the course to make that real. And you have learned the skills as well to kind of review that plan and to update it. Um, so it really is kind of, it's so, it's kind of, yeah, it's that foundational stuff about learning to change, but learning to change in a way which is going to work for you in the long term. And what about what happens at the end of the month? Do we just wave goodbye to people and say, that's it, you're on your own, mate? 
Uh, well, if people want to, you know, people don't have to hang around forever. Um, uh, but no, once um, people finish that kind of introductory month, um, one of the things that we learned from our research was that the the process of change for people, as you say, isn't linear, um, and also that it it can take time. And as you um, get to grips with your drinking and you start to um, get some control over that all sorts of other issues might emerge so you might have noticed over the course of your introductory month that you're really having issues with your sleep or your food habits go completely haywire or you suddenly notice that your drinking has been covering up a real problem in a relationship or an emotional issue that suddenly kind of bursts to the surface or you hit a particular problem um, or you want to just discover more about habits and basically what we've done is we've created a whole catalog of short courses so wherever your journey is taking you we've provided some really good resources to learn from some videos some things to um, read and reflect on some exercises to do so whatever it is that you want to work on next when you come to the end of becoming a mindful drinker or the sober sprint there is a course ready and waiting for you and of course all of the other stuff that we've built into this course because it's not just a learning experience there's the important business of kind of tracking and keeping track of what's going on and um you know on a daily basis that kind of self-reflection but also on a kind of a longer term seeing how things going all of that tracking is in place for you the one key thing that we learned from our research last year funded by the welcome trust is how important connection with other people is and so that's the that's the kind of the final piece of this jigsaw throughout your introductory month in becoming a mindful drinker or the sober sprint and beyond in the in the short courses as you're kind of um, kind of making that journey for yourself the community is there so all of the other people who are going through this journey um, so that you can share ideas so you can talk about what works so that you can be accountable on those times where it's gone really badly wrong and you need somebody to go hang on what was going on there you know there's there's a whole community of people around you um, who are going through exactly the process that you are um, who kind of understand exactly where you're coming from and we've learned from our research that that's the king that's the thing that's the thing which really kind of helps people change and really makes a difference is being part of a community that gets you. Brilliant. Well, I'm really looking forward to it. You'll be able to find out more about that on joinclubsoda.com. There'll be lots of information about the courses and we're around to answer questions anytime if you just email cheers at joinclubsoda.co.uk. If you're not sure what to drink at home, then we've now got three interviews with um, three of our favourite brands, Drinks, D-R-Y-N-K-S sense of spirits and wildlife botanicals and you can hear those now um, i'm here with drinks unlimited and some of you may have seen them at the festival this january they have got a range of drinks well let me let richard describe his drinks three years ago we started the journey of trying to create a range of alcohol free drinks drinks that will be socially acceptable that would look different would, would challenge the market would be refreshing and sessionable. Today we have three products in bottles and cans. We have a lager, we have a Radler beer, and we have a cider. All made with our friends in Robinsons in Manchester. All on 0.05. The journey started because I had this idea of what do you drink when you can't drink? 
But I couldn't use that name because some clever people before me had bought it. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about copywriting in the alcohol-free drink space or, or, or uh, rights protection, but anyway, yes. So we came up with another idea, nearly as good, rethinking drinking. And we really would love consumers in the UK and abroad just to think about what they're drinking and when they're drinking. We are not about abstinence. We're not about abstinence. What we are about is rethinking drinking. I love a drink at weekend, but equally I see the opportunity and I enjoy a drink of a Nolo during the week. It's my time to relax, mainly with food, sometimes not. So, do you t- so you've got three products. You've got mm. citrus, hops and cider. Tell me, because they're, they're not quite... They're, they're, I, I would call them um, a very grown-up drink, but they're not necessarily a traditional cider or a traditional hops. Would that be the right way to say So how would you describe them? We've used the categories that exist in alcohol. Uh, let's start with the cider. We believe that the, ca- the characteristics of vegan, gluten and sugar content are really, really, really important moving ahead. Um, but we know people like cider, both fruit and apple. So it was a way of actually delivering an apple cider and and, and ultimately a fruit cider that was low in calories, really low in calories, no added sugar, and were vegan and gluten friendly. So to do that, we de-alkalize the cider as we do with our machine in Stockport. But it really is about making sure that they're sessionable. And it's all because we de-alkalize that we're able to do that. Because for us, it doesn't have that. Sometimes you get a, a taste you don't like afterwards after you drink. So the sessionability and refreshments is everything that we do. So let, let me just come back to that sessionability because I think it's really important. It's a drink that should, um, in the adult space, a drink that should slow you down a bit, not drink like, a, like you do for a soda to refresh you. And so you've designed these so that they have that sort of sessionability. But again, tell me about the sugar content and the calories in these drinks. Okay, so without commenting what exists in the market before us, all our, all our products are less than 100 calories, all of them. Um, and the cider is 84 calories. Um, that's really important because we, there is no sugar in it. Um, we, we do use apple juice to, get, to, to put some of the flavor back in after it's been dealkalized, but there's no added sugar. So again, you're right about the sessionability. We want people to be able to hold it in their hand and actually be able to drink two or three because we've all been a driver for the evening with friends and we've all been nursing a product because there's been nothing available to have. And those drivers feel left out. Nothing better than looking after those drivers who do the hard work on the steering wheel, both at 7 o'clock and 11 o'clock at night, they get rewarded too and and want to be part of the crowd and socialise and be able to drink two or three of them. And I really like it because I, I was a cider drinker. I'm from the West Country originally. And so I really like it because this is definitely not too sweet. This is not a fizzy apple juice. It's definitely a product which dials down that sweetness and adds in that, that really body and apple taste that, um, that I really like in a cider to be able to, t- to taste the apples, which you can definitely do. What about um, your other products? So the, the, your, your smash lager. Yeah, so using local suppliers is really important to us. So as with Celtic Marches, who helped us with the cider, it's a particularly unique recipe for us. The, the guys down in Hereford are brilliant, and that was important. In the same way, we've taken almost 18 months with the Robinsons team to create our own unique recipe for a lager base. All our lagers and ciders start between 5.4 and 5.9% ABV, and we de so we start as alcohol, 
and then we dealkalize down to naught, less than less than 0.05, usually about 0.02, um, and that's really important that we start with beer and cider and lager in the first place and dealkalize because, as you just said, with the cider, there's there's those that, that feeling that it is cider. And that's really, really important. And the same with the lager. You feel like there's some lager in there. You feel like it's got you the... You can taste the hops. Yeah, you, you can do. And, that, and that's the great work of the Robinsons team in helping us create a unique recipe. Because um, not all alcohol beers and ciders can dealkalize well. And we've, we've tried 50 or 60 different products, and they haven't dealkalized as well as we wanted them to. But with Robinsons' help and with Celtic Marches, we've landed on a, a good beer lager, a good, a good beer base, a good lager base, and a good cider base. And that's, that's been really important to us. So your um, citrus, it doesn't fit into the lager or uh, cider category. What taste can people expect from that product? Smash Citrus was our first product. The founders of the alcohol-free or non-alcoholic drinks market helped us create citrus beer because people still remember Top Deck many, many, many years ago. 30, 35 years ago, it had a beer-based, it, it was a beer product. And we learned from that, that product. Not everyone likes beer, not everyone likes lager, and not everyone likes cider, but they like the idea of a shandy. And we wanted to, to deliver an authentic shandy. So the idea about the citrus beer was an authentic shandy-type product. Some people want alcohol, but they still prefer a shandy, but a real sh alcohol shandy. And that's how we started. I'm a, a big advocate of the reinvention of the shandy in Britain because I think it's a great way to... Um, have a lower ABV drink so you can have a half of uh, an alcoholic beer and then reduce it down by adding in a craft soda or in fact yourselves and also Square Root producing collaboration shandies which have got some amazing fruits underneath them so not just a bit of lemon for taste but really getting into the fruits and the quality of the product. I think it's great that we have a community in the no low market where we're learning from each other and there's some great up-and-coming uh, niche, small, micro companies, startup companies that I'm, we're learning from um, and I'm sure people are learning from us as well but that's the way it should be and that shows the progression and it shows the pace of things which are going to change and it's all about one thing, giving consumers what they want. What's next for drinks? We're looking at a pale ale because the craft market has, has reinvented the uh, ale market and, and also recreated the can market in alcohol um, and we're learning about what works well. So we're talking to people, customers in Canada and America, uh, as well as the UK. And, and again, with Robinson's help, we're going we're to create, and that's going to get launched in the next six weeks, a smash pail. And then on top of that, w without giving all our secrets away, is we'd be silly not to launch a, a fruit berry, 0.05%, because fruit cider is massive in the summer, and there's some great fruit ciders out there. To those traditionalists who like apple cider, try it. He's looking at me shaking my head because I'm, I'm a cider traditionalist. Very, it ranges from 18 to 65. And some people will like the fruit berry and some will like the apple cider. And it's, it's, it's about look, looking after both. Yeah, and uh, something for everybody within your range I think is really important. So tell me, where can people buy you now? We're very lucky to be working with Matthew Clark and LWC. So those independent pubs and clubs and coffee bars can, can, can buy it through Matthew Clark and LWC. Uh, we're we, uh, now with booths in the northwest, the Waitrose of the northwest, and uh, they're, they're enjoying working with us, I think, um, which, is, which, is, which is great. It's a stepping stone, we, we hope, to uh, other retailers. We work with Hickory's, a great smokehouse, um, and we're working with a number of on-trade retailers in terms of how can we launch our draft, because draft's going to be very important, because the biggest challenge to the on-trade retailer 
is probably space. And if we can deliver a, a high QC, a great tasting, no low uh, lager, then the, the retailer's going to be happy and I'm sure the consumers will be. And where can the consumer buy you? Online or is uh, yeah, there? Yeah, sorry, yeah, so we've, we've got our own on website um, and then we're with Dry Drinker and we're with Zeroholic. So we've got a range of both uh, online retailers, both national and, and, and regional to the northwest. And on Wise Bartender and Dry Drinker, you can use the Club Soda VIP discount code, which is another good way to make sure you get some drinks. And Wise Bartender and Tom is a very good friend of ours. <laughs> I knew you were in there because I saw you in the warehouse <laughs> a few weeks ago. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and we're looking forward to hearing more from you soon. And um, I'm hoping more and more people get a chance to try your products. That's really kind of you to spend a couple of minutes with me. I was going to have a drink. Excellent. <laughs> Cheers. So that's drinks with a Y. How, how would I find them? So you can find them on clubsodaguide.com and you can also order them on Wise Bartender. And they've got smashed apple, smashed hops, smashed lager, smashed lemon and all sorts of other concoctions coming. And, and actually, if you go onto iPlayer, you can have a look at the Dragon's Den they were on. Oh, cool. Nice one. Who's next in our drinks portfolio? Next is Sensor Spirits. If any of you have been to our festivals early on, you would have seen a company called Real Remedies who did some great um, herbal elixirs and Vanessa made amazing cocktails from them. Now she's made them into three uh, botanical spirits with um, what I'd call functional ingredients, which are herbs that do wonderful things for you. Here she explains about the three drinks that she's designed. Now, some of you who have been to our festivals before will know that there was a great stand um, always called Real Remedies who did these amazing herbal concoctions and lovely herbal and infusions and drinks. Well, they've morphed into something amazing and new. So Vanessa, who you'd have seen behind the stand there, now runs Sensor Spirits. Tell me about Sensor Spirits. Hi, okay, so Sensor is the development on From Real Remedies. Throughout our process of creating the Real Remedies drinks, we learned so much about what people were looking for in a drink. Generally looking for something that either energized and stimulated the body, or they were looking for something that was opening and warming, and, um, or they were looking for something that was fun and playful. So we've been working with functional ingredients. We look at herbs that have effects on the body. And Sensor is about creating three drinks, power, love and joy that can meet our need states when we're drinking, when we choose non-alcoholic options. So you've got power first of all. Power is uh, a drink that's designed to stimulate and rouse the energy system. It's built with lots of nervines, and nervines basically calm the energy system. They help us feel more grounded, more at peace, more at ease. Then we're working with stimulants that then balance that by exciting the energy. So we feel connected, grounded, but excited at the same time. Then we're also working with herbs that are really good for the mind, herbs like um, shisandra berries, goju cola, uh, ginseng, genko. These are amazing herbs for mind, for clarity, for vision, for focus. Then we have love, our second blend. And love is more about opening and softening. So the herbs that we're working with in this are known to relax and, and calm. Herbs like uh, hibiscus, which is really known to relax and cool the system. Lime flowers and rose that are really here to relax the mind and start to open the body. But we don't want to send anybody to sleep. So a big part of this drink is also, also to stimulate and excite the system. And we do that naturally with herbs that are known as chi movers. These are herbs such as uh, um, 
coriander and cinnamon and they really really help to move energy through the body and then finally we have joy and joy is about play and excitement and enjoyment and the herbs that we work with in joy are known to really energize the body but also we want to keep the mind calm and so we're working with herbs like lavender, chamomile that bring this lovely calm grounded mind but also herbs that are then going to stimulate and rouse the energy in the body like ginseng, um, like go-to cola so we want to excite people but keep them really connected at the same time and they have three really different flavor profiles uh, we've gone for power which has got this lovely complex herbal bitter so you get this beautiful bitter orange to start with and then these really wonderful complex herbal flavors that finish in this um, bitter smoky end it works really well with a tonic it also works with a ginger beer then love has this beautiful floral um, uh, spicy tones to it. So when you smell it, you get rose. People will pick up hibiscus. They might pick up some cinnamon. So it's a very warming, lovely smell. And then the flavor is at first really quite fruity from aronia berries and raspberries, but then these lovely spices come in, um, followed by a nice spicy bitter finish. And then finally, we've got joy, which has got this beautiful citrus flavor um, that comes in from lemongrass and lemon balm but also lovely spice notes from ginger and from uh, some uh, coriander in there, cardamom. Uh, and it's, it's a real favorite with something like a sparkling elderflower or kombucha. So that's the basis of the drinks. And they are, um, there will be a picture on the blog that goes with this, but they are very beautiful. And you can see that there's a, a, a lovely shiny liquids in the bottle that look like they can give you all sorts of of senses and enjoyment. How could people drink these? So we recommend that you either have them neat because they really do stand up on their own. They are a, a lovely journey. These are complex drinks. So when you take a sip, you're going to pick up certain flavors and then that can develop as you're drinking it. And some people enjoy the journey because they'll say, oh, look, I'm just picking up this flavor. No, hang on a minute, I'm noticing this flavor. So that can be really fun to have on its own. And, but you can also really easily mix them into a simple tonic. And so that's a really easy way to do it at home. Or you can get really creative and start mixing them in with things like ginger beer or kombuchas. And they make amazing cocktails too. Uh, Power, for example, we make uh, a wonderful non-alcoholic espresso martini. We also make a really beautiful uh, mojito with it. Love makes a beautiful bramble with lots of mixed spice fruits and some soda. And it also makes a really, really tasty Cosmo-style drink. And then finally, Joy, you can make um, some kind of pina colada-style drinks with that one or coolers. And we've got lots of recipes on our website Join so that you can check out how to mix it. And also, we've got some really simple drinks. So you don't have to go elaborate. You really can just simply add some tonic into these drinks. And I really think it's one of those drinks where if you get to the end of a day and you're feeling stressed, you can pick one of the three, depending on the state of mind or mood that you're trying to elicit, or even have one of each throughout an evening to, to, to take you on a journey. Exactly. That was the intention behind them. So I used to be a real red wine drinker and I used to get home from work and I would automatically reach for a glass of red wine to shift me from that place of play, from work into play. And 
love has been created to really assist those that don't want to drink in having a similar experience. And many people report that they get that nice, warm, open, loving feeling or relaxed feeling that you might have got from a glass of wine. But the herbs are able to provide these experiences, not for everybody, but for some people. And some people will experience that with a very small amount and other people do need a little bit more. Um, so yeah, that red wine occasion, love can work really well. Whereas if you've got uh, more of a, an energized experience or a party and you've got people coming together and you want to have a bit of fun and play, Joy works really, really well in that situation. And, and for me, power, power's my go-to when um, maybe I've got something I need to do that's a little bit daunting, a bit nerve-wracking. It's my Dutch courage drink and a number of people report the same thing, that it can really assist them if they're doing something that gets them out of their comfort zone. It can really help balance the energy system in that experience. And that's uh, some of the herbs that are in there that are known for that are things like angelica root um, and, and sage. So sage is known to help relax and calm the body down. So people have reported the same thing as I have that you can really get a benefit from that drink if you're meeting someone in a bar uh, the beginning of the night is a really good drink to, to begin an evening with and then obviously joy is a brilliant drink during the night when the party's in full flow it keeps everybody energized lots of the functional ingredients in there are known to stimulate and rouse the energy in this in the body and then finally love is a great drink that you can have at the end of the day um, it, it's not one that's going to keep you up if you had joy and, and power just before bedtime they could keep you up for a little bit so we do recommend not having them straight at bedtime but love you definitely can you can find Sense of Spirits on clubsodaguide.com and also order on Wise Bartender using your discount code clubsodavip. And next we've got Wildlife Botanicals. Now, for those of you who often ask me how to find a really good alcohol-free wine, this is one of my top um, ones. Um, it's made in Cornwall. It's uh, uh, alcohol-free, dealkalized wine made with additional botanicals in, so lots of lovely herbs and um, extracts that are really good for you, so it's bubbles with benefits. Mm. And I really like it because um, Ellie, the founder, has designed it with what I call speed humps in, so it's designed for you to slowly sip and you don't drink it too quickly. Some alcohol-free wines feel to me a bit like having a fizzy Ribena. Mm. Uh, not this one. Um, they're blush and their natural um, wines um, are, are two of my favourites and it's a champagne bottle so I love taking it to parties and taking it out for meals with me and drinking it at home in a champagne glass in front of the telly. Mm. So those of you who came to the festival I know are always really interested in wine and there's not always been lots of wine options but this year there was a new wine um, that came to the Mindful Drinking Festival called Wildlife Botanicals and I'm here with founder Ellie who has got a really lovely bottle that she's going to open in front of us and tell us more about the drink. Oh my god you can take my eye out Ellie. Ooh, try not to. <laughs> oh it always sounds so good. So Ellie, tell me why you why you set up why you wanted at all to make an alcohol-free wine. Oh, thank you. Well, it's lovely to uh, see you, Laura. Um, and cheers. Here's some uh, bubbles of benefits. Um, my story's always been in uh, hospitality. So I had originally co-founded the Cornish Sea Salt Company um, and spent a career in hospitality. So always very, very passionate about food, drink, um, and that hospitality. Uh, living in Cornwall, there was uh, not a great kind of network for transport. No, certainly no Uber Cornwall. And uh, with so when you were kind of out of home and you were having a drink or something like that. There was uh, very, very limited choices. Um, I was kind of like elderflower press aid out um, and uh, 
diet code didn't really do it. So for me, my passions were always um, herbal teas and, and wine. I did get to a point where I uh, was kind of cooking like Keith Floyd. Uh, Tuesday became the new Friday, um, and something just needed to be dialed back a little bit. Um, so the, the, the mission was, could I combine the two worlds, which was uh, the benefits of the botanicals from teas into my other passion, which was wine. And now music has started behind us. It's, it's all in the timing, isn't it? <laughs> so tell me a little bit about wildlife. Why not describe it to people and then let's go from there. Okay, so there, was, um, there are low alcohol wines on the market um, and a lot of the research that we did was very, very, found, we found that a lot of products were actually super sweet. And that's because uh, there's three ways really to remove alcohol from the wine. Uh, the first one is to arrest the, fer the fermentation in the bottle. Now that leaves very, very high residual sugars and quite a gloopy, um, viscous product, which isn't always um, great to drink. And the other one is through reverse osmosis, so a little bit more technical. Um, that tends to stress the wine. Uh, but what we were able to do with Wildlife Botanicals was to work with some wineries to create the perfect base wine that we could then retain all the naturally occurring kind of flavours, the aromas and the tannins, um, just literally uh, remove the alcohol in a very gentle, benign way and uh, retain that flavour. And then you add something in. We certainly do. So we then add um, a botanical and mineral elixir. So we have chosen five active botanicals, um, each chosen for their mood-boosting flavour profile. So you've got kind of lemon balm in there, which is like fantastic for um, gut health. Um, it's a good digestive. You've got ashwagandha, which is a really, really clever herb and botanical. It's only kind of grown um, in India. It's harvested by hand. And that's an adaptogen. So if you're feeling a little bit kind of low it will kind of give you some energy or if you're a little bit kind of hyped up it will also help to kind of calm you down slightly. We've then got rosemary um, which is a fantastic and well documented uh, antioxidant um, really good for kind of memory. We then have damiana which is a natural aphrodisiac and stimulant so that's kind of like a really kind of fun and playful one to have in there and then finally we've got the uh, rosa damascena now that is really fantastic um, if you were kind of in clinic that would be prescribed it's really good for the heart so if it'd be prescribed if you're feeling a bit um, sad or kind of a little bit kind of heartbroken or something so it's just kind of really mood boosting um, and it's really good for you on that side. You've then got uh, eight active uh, vitamins and minerals so you've got the full B suite of vitamins you've got vitamins um, so you've got zinc which is great for hair skin and nails and uh, you've got vitamin C I can now see why you call it bubbles with benefits. Um, I've also stolen a phrase from you, which is speed humps, which I love to tell people about, which is that in alcohol-free drinks, you need to put in speed humps. But I got it from you, so tell me what that means for you in terms of this wine. Yeah, it was... Um, so when you remove the alcohol from wine especially, so there's absolutely no water in wildlife. Um, so a lot of kind of like drink formulations come have that kind of water base, and we don't. So we are 95% wine, and the other 5% is all the botanical. Um, and mineral elixir so when you actually remove um, the alcohol it can leave a very very thin and um, not very viscous kind of um, just kind of in the mouth that mouth feel so we added those kind of like speed bumps to kind of like help slow down it's more sippable and so the whole kind of experience is a bit like having you know um, real champagne or where you just you wouldn't kind of quaff it down like a soft drink so it's more sophisticated to kind of fills that uh, that category and for us that we've you know we've only been kind 
kind of trading now for what five months uh, we launched with Mark Hicks down at Lyme Regis on the 7th of September um, there are certain phrases now like we are so wildlife is the champagne of the low and no alcohol wine category I can live with that that sounds great. Um, just tell me about the sugars, because often alcohol-free wines have got lots of um, uh, residual sugars or they've had something added back in that makes them high in sugars. So when people speak to me who want a low-sugar product, where does this fit in? And in the wine world, they talk about residual sugars. And wildlife ranges between 3.2 and 3.6. So that means it's actually on the a drier scale. So, uh, and if you were to compare, again, if you were to do that arresting the first fermentation, the bottle, there are a lot more higher residual sugars, which naturally are much more sweeter on the tongue. So wildlife, 3.2 to 3.6, nice and dry, um, nice and refreshing. Fantastic. And what are your hopes for the future, apart from to obviously sell loads of bottles? Where, where do you see this being? Who do you want to buy this? Well, we're delighted to be launching into Harvey Nichols um, in the next few weeks. And I think the, the raison d'etre for wildlife is that wherever there's alcoholic bubbles, wildlife should be there as that choice uh, for the consumer, whether they are um, just, just not drinking alcohol for that moment in time or whether they're working or it's much more part of a, wild, um, a lifestyle choice. Thank you so much, Ellie, and we look forward to seeing more of you in the future. Thank you. Uh, so I'm here with Harriet. So those of you who find yourself at home now may find yourself at home with children all of the time. And so I thought I'd come to an expert. Hello, Harriet. Uh, hello. <laughs> so Harriet, where, where, in, where in the world are you stuck? Um, so I am in a very small village in Hampshire with my two boys, age 10 and 13, who have not yet murdered each other nor have I um, and our dog Fizzy that's that's where in the world I am. So if we get to a situation uh, like other countries where you're only allowed out to walk your dog you might become the most popular person in the village. I've been scoping out all the locals with dogs here. <laughs> Pretty much everyone's got dogs here and I'm really lucky that there's lots of woods and big open spaces where I can go and I can take the children. Yeah we can go we can go and shout at the trees if we need to and run about a bit. Now, one thing that I don't have to worry about is having children in the house. And I know for a lot of our members, spending lots of time cooped up with, with the family, needing to show some leadership to the children in a time when they must be feeling really anxious. I can't even begin to conceptualise what that, that is like. Have you begun to plan all of that with you and your children? Yes, we have actually. We made about a week ago because I've got I've got a little bit of a cough that I think I caught from my dad, who's got a cough and a temperature and exhaustion and sort of some of the classic symptoms. So we've been we've been um, pretty much on in isolation for a week now, and we did we made a really fantastic timetable that had downtime, quiet time, screen time, you know, Minecraft project of the day little bit of academic time, cookery club one and two, which is for lunch and dinner and things like that. And I can tell you that a week down the line, we've done absolutely zero of it. <laughs> Excellent. And it was... I'm glad you're not. I was listening to that going, oh, my God, Harriet, you're such a bloody high achiever. Of course you've done this. It's all working. So I'm really glad no, you said no. that. We've done none of it. We've done none of it. Well, actually, I think the boys have done quite a lot of Minecraft Club and they have helped with um, they have helped a bit more around the house. So things like the dishwasher and, you know, one night they even cooked dinner. They made uh, 
they made fish fingers and chips and they put candles on the table, which was really lovely. So I think the first thing to say is keep your expectations of yourself and of what's possible very, very low. And don't wake your children up. Don't make them get up in the mornings. If they're asleep, let them sleep, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, don't. I, I, we do something in the school holidays called holiday hours, which is where a bit like going to a foreign time zone. We all just move to different hours. So they go to bed a couple of hours later, but then they wake up a couple of hours later. It's fantastic. Or even several hours later because they don't, you know, there's no reason for them to get up. And we have moved to holiday hours. So um, I've got a teenager who's still asleep and it's uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. Brilliant. Why, why would I wake him up, right? Why, why would I want a grumpy teenager and to, to wake him up and go now do some maths? I mean, that's not a great start to the day, is it? I think the first part of my message is chill. The second part of my message is to to make sure that th this is a time to learn all kinds of things and to do all kinds of things as a family that that you wouldn't normally get to do. So this is the time if you're lucky enough to have a garden to say, right, let's all let's all have some fun in the garden. Let's just all do the weeding together or all just sit in the sunshine and do nothing or whatever in the garden. Let's all do baking all day. And, and when it comes to things like creative time, I've said to the kids, well, what would you really like to do for creative time? And one of the things that they've always been really fascinated by is graffiti. And so I said, great, learn how to do some really cool graffiti lettering. Because I think, yes, there's, during turn time, you're going to probably everyone's going to be expected to do a little bit of structured learning. But I think this is definitely a time where less is more and keep your expectations really, really low of everybody and yourselves. And I saw I saw a good article. I think it was on the BBC news site today about how they were saying, right, just as you would with any new school that your children were starting, you would, you know, design a school uniform together. You would design a school crest. You come up with a school motto. And these are all kinds of like quite fun activities that you can do together where it's like, OK, well, you know, in the morning school uniform is pyjamas and in the afternoon school uniform is, you know, onesies or, or whatever. Just just make it playful, make it fun. Allow the kids. So last week when I was trying to get the kids to do some learning, I said, what would you really like to learn about? Just pick one thing each day and obviously they did pick pandemics and watch some extremely long and apparently quite boring documentary on Netflix and then the next day they just did volcanoes and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I've um I've offered to my friends to say that if you if you're because my friends if their children want somebody different to talk to for an hour about any subject in the world then I'm available it gives them somebody else to talk to and it gives me an, uh, an ability to spout rubbish to some children and indoctrinate them into my vision of the world and then if, uh, <laughs> and I love then, that. you know there, there's life learning as well isn't there and I think my, some yeah. of my friends children have just got to teenage years and their curiosity about all sorts of things that aren't you know um, academic is quite wide so but what yeah, I mean exactly. but don't just children argue all of the time and aren't they just noisy all of the time and therefore how do you begin to cope with it or how do you stop them being noisy all the time I mean you can't tie them up you can't gag them you know you can't lock them in a room these are, un yeah. are not things you can do well I think children do need movement and exercise so one of the things that was on on our schedule that we've not stuck to whatsoever was we had two bits of movement during the day one is the dog walk which has become non-negotiable they have to come on the dog walk with me because they've got to they've got to get out 
and encourage them if if you can go get to a park and be you know apart from everyone else it's fine to let them scream and shout outside and it's even fine when you're inside and if you're in an apartment block have noisy hour put a letter through everybody's letterbox saying shall we all do noisy hour with our children where it's fine to turn the music up it's fine for everyone to scream and shout so they need to get it out of their system one one of the other things we had on our our schedule that we've not stuck to is kitchen disco for half an hour where we were going to just all dance around the kitchen basically and take turns to choose to choose songs and i think there are, there are lots of people doing online exercise and movement sessions for children every single morning and I think that would be a really important thing just make sure they keep moving so that they don't get cooped up too much you know for those who are early stages of changing their drinking family stress probably was is a big big trigger being at home and bored is a big big trigger where, where do we think people should go with those apart from think- don't have any booze in the house if you can help it but you know yeah. that that's not helpful we are in times when you just want to shut your brain off and we've been using alcohol to do that for a long time so it's not as easy as saying that your internal monologue must be going bonkers right now yeah exactly and I think this is where having a support network who you can pick up the phone to and who you deliberately stay in touch with is really really important I think that's probably the only thing from my incredibly complicated schedule um, that I have stuck to is is making sure that I'm connected either on video call or phone call at least a couple of times a day to people where we can talk not just hey how you doing have you got any vegetables you know it's like how are you really doing and making making that a big priority so that we've all got space to offload to go oh bloody hell the children have been fighting all day or whatever that's really important so don't isolate don't I know this is supposed to be um isn't it social isolating but but this is not a time to socially distance yourself so stay connected and also make sure that you have other things you can do you do need to zone out you do need to work out how to get your feelings out you will feel angry frustrated bored scared all of those things that could have been triggers for wanting a drink and just know that that's okay and you can write you can dance like do not underestimate the power of putting on some some of your favorite songs and moving about you can numb out to netflix you can numb out to reading there are so many different things you can do to change the way that you feel yeah and it's also okay to feel that way actually feeling it is a good thing to do go through that whole feeling and and not try and numb it out because that feeling hasn't gone anywhere you actually need to get upset get angry cry a bit worry about people that you care about and and therefore we need to be a bit forgiving of each other as well when we are snappy or a bit you know and argue in times that we wouldn't do with our partners or our children and even be able to explain you know my you know I might have been a bit angry because I'm scared a little bit and that's okay definitely definitely and I think I think there's time as well when you could say to your children if they're not too tiny to be left on their own which of course some people's will be but assuming that they're not where you can say you know what mummy's feeling really cooped up today mummy's finding this difficult I'm gonna go to my room and I'm gonna set a timer for 20 minutes or an hour or whatever and please don't disturb me and you can do whatever you want you can stare at your screens for that hour please leave me alone I really need some alone time and you could say you could have that that could be a family discussion to have if at any point anyone's just feeling like it's all too much 
you can, you know, ring this bell or wave this card and ask for what you need and we will all respect that. In some ways, this could be a great way to learn how you associate with others in times of stress and learn a bit about that. I don't know how I could possibly do this if I was drinking. I would be pickled by the end of it and however difficult this might be. And I came into this period in probably not in as resilient a place as I could have been anyway Mm. but if I was drinking it would just be impossible I would just melt into the floor I think and at least yeah you know now I can support other people I can be there for people that I care about definitely I think I've noticed my kids actually seem to be arguing less which is interesting they seem to be quite understanding that this is difficult but then you know they do each I'm lucky they each have their own rooms they have a space they can retreat to as do I you know because I know not everyone's in that situation but if you can create spaces where people can retreat and times when people can can engage with each other I think that will make it make it a lot easier. How have you talked to them about the what's going on without scaring them? Because I'm a complete news junkie. <laughs> um, when when I worked in in banking, I used to write about what was going on in the world in all you know on all sorts of different levels. Um, although that was a long time ago, I'm still a news junkie, and so we've been following this right since the beginning when it first started happening in China. And I've talked to them about the facts rather than scaremongering and the need for facts and I've also talked to them about how this is our chance to be super responsible and to do whatever we can to you know be that you know you've seen that thing with the matches where you're the one that steps out so that the fire can't continue and that we've we've got a real social responsibility to do that and they they've seemed okay with that and when they've if they've been jokey about it then I've be, I've actually come down quite hard on them, which might, you know, but then mine are a bit older. And I've said, actually, no, we're not going to joke about this because if it's one of, you know, one of your grandparents that, you know, that we end up losing or all of them, which is also a possibility, it's not going to seem funny, is it? And, that, and, and also said that it's quite possible that out of their friendship group that people may lose members of their family. And, and you know, both of my children have friends, close friends who have immune problems or lung problems or or whatever where it's you know if they catch it and they're they're really sick then we don't know what's going to happen so I think just bringing it bringing it home but also saying well what can we do about it that thing of what's inside our circle of control and what's outside our circle of control and what's inside our circle of control is hand washing and keeping our distance from people and you know making sure the grandparents are all right with video calls all the time and all that kind of thing and and accepting this is how it is we we if we don't accept this how this is then it's going to make it much harder so we just got to be in a place of acceptance and all get on with each other as best as we can and honor each other you know not be judgmental not be tricky if someone says they need something then be there for them but at the same time look at what's best for the best for our community our families everyone else's families and all of that so i do i do think this has been a moment for them to really feel that they're part of something bigger than just themselves you know because children can have quite a small vision of the world can't they they can in all of this what are the things that you're you're planning to do to treat yourself make yourself feel happy keep yourself calm definitely the music thing Definitely connecting with others. There's a group of us that had uh, virtual mocktails and cocktails on Friday and we're going to do it again 
this week and there's lots of groups like that so I think staying connected to other people that is my number one sanity saver yeah we've got um, a virtual swim club and then uh, for myself and then in club soda we're now doing regional online socials and Friday drinks brilliant. as well amazing see there we go great minds think alike um and then to treat myself I think it's about being kind actually being kind to myself and if I do feel frustrated if I do feel stressed just saying do you know what that's okay that is okay give myself permission to be exactly how I am that's how I'm kind of treating whereas I've been going to all my favorite tea dealers working out which teas I want to buy and and some of them are now doing a morning tea tasting sessions which we can do together so I'm quite excited with that Here's, here's to creating some space and time despite the circumstances and the many stresses that come with running your own business and for you being a freelancer in this time as well. Important yeah. that, you know, whilst we talk about some of the positives, we're not underestimating some of the negatives for people, but trying to at least find some good things for yourself is quite important. Definitely. Thank you so much for your time, Harriet. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Is that the end of this fine podcast, Laura? I think it is. It isn't actually the podcast I'd planned for you all, because as you would suspect, um, lots of conversations about going out in the evening didn't really seem really appropriate right now. Mm. So I had lots of great interviews about that. But don't worry, they're they're about and they're there for the future. But I think you don't really need to know how to pair beer with your favourite meal when you're out, do you, right now? Um, and I guess next time, Vinny, we might be in different places when we record this. We might be. We've both got microphones and we've both got internet, so we and, might be. And we're both really gobby so we don't need many excuses to not talk <laughs> exactly well you won't be short of content we'll be here for you monthly as we always intend to be um and i just would like to echo what you said earlier be patient be loving be kind you're allowed to be feel a bit crap for a bit but and be kind to yourself be kind to yourself and that does involve sticking to your plans and not drink if you can get through this you'll do really well and uh a bit of self-congratulation and, and it allow you to look after the people that you care about the most and one of those people is most certainly going to be you so take care everyone this was mixed and produced in the UK by We Make Podcasts for more information go to wemakepodcasts.uk Thank <laughs> you.